And my dream home would also have. Did you know there's a bigger bed than a California king? It would be a Montana king. It's an Alaskan king. Whoa, fucking huge! And it would have one of those. Um, my dream home would also. I mean, like, realistically, I will probably live in the city for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. So a rooftop situation would be really great. At first, I thought you just meant a roof. And I was like, no, yeah, that's, that's yeah, no, 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 sure. a rooftop walls, situation a roof, with floor. If a roof, if I had a rooftop situation with a pool, that'd be great. Ooh, all right. um, this is dream home, though. Um, I already said central air. I feel like living in the Central city. Air. You just what I was gonna say before is you just surprised me with how simplistic like your stuff is. Like when I asked you what you would do with a million dollars, you're like, I can go to Hawaii for like a weekend. I'm like, yes, <laughs> many people do that. And this one, you're just like, I don't know, stove, shower, roof. I want it nice. <laughs> I just want a nice. I want to not feel cramped in my home. See, by contrast, I want to have my mind uploaded into a VR space where I can make anything I want ever. How's oh, that? you want like a smart home? Did you ever watch that Disney Channel movie called Smart Home? Uh, yeah, I did. That was pretty and cool. And the smart home was a MILF. So. She was, so, if I remember correctly. Uh, I will say it is the only time I've ever been sexually attracted to a house. So. Ooh. Ever. How because, would you, would you fuck her in the chimney? Sure. <laughs> I don't know which part of her the chimney is. To I don't be know. Fair. Oh, today, okay. Oh, no. the, uh, so what is today, this story? Um, the kid I work with, he had a virtual field trip to this dolphin reserve that reservation. Really boring. Okay. No, it was actually super cool. Did you know that dolphins regenerate their skin every two hours? I didn't. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? Where does all of it go? Into the ocean. Ugh. It's crazy. But anyways. Um, they, so dolphins don't chew fish. They swallow them whole uh-huh. and they don't drink salt water. But anyway, she was the, like the girl, she was like, well, dolphins can swallow fish whole because they don't have a gag, gag reflex like humans. We can't do that. And I was like, speak for yourself, bitch. And then you scarred like 15 children. <laughs> I said it in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so welcome back everybody. Uh, to another episode of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hand. Uh, my name is Kashan Bachelor, And my name's Nina Kern. Uh, we're back again, season three. Season three, BB. Wait, it's like the ninth episode, or the eighth. It, it, it is the... It's the seventh. It's the eighth. It's the eighth. Because next is we nine, and then the season finale is coming up. I don't know, man. It, it all runs together, but thank you so much for everyone who's uh, I stuck I can't believe us. we've been at this for two months, for the second, ep- second season. Did you say two months? Yeah. We've been doing this since no, October. No, the, the third season we've been doing for two months. Oh, yep. Get this it up one there. flew. Get it up there. It's becoming easier and easier every it is. week. Especially once we learn what we're doing. Which it's I think gotten we, a lot hey, better. We've come far. We've we come far. We have come far. You want to tell them how far we came? How far we've come? I'll save it for the end. Okay. We have a, we have a surprise, we have a surprise. Uh, that we're going to say at the end of this episode. So stick around, or if you really, really want to know, you can skip. I'm not your mom. No one's watching you. Just, I mean, I guess you can go to the end, but whatever. You can call me mommy. <sighs> don't. Please I, don't I, do I hope, that. I hope someone already skips. No. <laughs> so that one less person had to listen to Nina say that. Today we started talking about our dream homes, and neither of us are rich enough to afford a dream home. <laughs> I can't even afford a one-bedroom apartment alone. Yeah, we can't afford a nightmare home to be honest no. I, I can afford nothing um 
but a dream home is included in the American dream. Mm-hmm. And when I say the American dream, what do you think of? It has become a trope to uh, see a white picket fence tucked away in some suburb of who cares where, uh, that fence bordering a house that you own, a home for your family that was paid for with the blood, sweat, and tears that you paid into the supposed great country of America. But as it turns out, dreams aren't always real. In the real world, you need a mortgage to finance your home, the largest purchase that any average American will make in their lifetime. What happens when an investment bank who overextends the hand that feeds, giving loans haphazardly to people who have no possibility of ever being able to pay. What happens when that company comes to collect? What happens when the debts grow too big and the books need to be cooked just to make them servable to shareholders? We're about to find out, as this is the story of the Lehman Brothers, the investment bank whose bankruptcy is still the largest in American history, whose downfall caused not only the death of the American dream, but almost America itself. You get a loan, and you get a loan. Everybody gets a loan. The Limopro brothers. The what? The Limopro brothers. (laughs) I don't know. It's a bad joke. Like, you've never said a bad joke No, I've said a lot of bad jokes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The Lehman Brothers was founded by exactly what you would think, a pair, a pair, a trio. Of, yeah, a pair of three. <laughs> no, a pair of doesn't three brothers. Sense. Um, a trio of German brothers named Henry, Emanuel, and Mayer Lehman, who started a dry goods store in Montgomery, Alabama, 1844. Uh And when they started this, farmers would pay them uh, for goods at their store in cotton, uh, which in turn got the Lehman Brothers into the cotton market, which also in turn got them into buying and selling other commodities. And they also started doing brokerage services where they're the middleman for payments. And they were also assholes because I bet you slaves picked that cotton because it was 1844. Yo, man, here's the thing. Everyone was an asshole then. That's true. So slavery was a thing. It happened. It was bad. Everyone at the time did it. Just because they did it doesn't mean it's right. Of course it's not right. It's bad. No one is arguing (laughs) against you. There's not one person. You're like, everyone agrees. Even white supremacists, I don't think, would come out and be like, you know what? Slavery was 100% okay. I hope not. If you're a white supremacist and you're listening to this, um, you're going to ask them to send us an email. Please don't give us your opinion. Cool. Great. Now, this firm, the Lehman Brothers, would then go on to grow alongside with the growth of the U.S. economy. So as this country developed into an international uh, financial powerhouse, all of the uh, investment funds in America did as well. Uh, It wasn't all roses, however, though. Uh, You'll be hard-pressed to find any investment firm that survived and stayed through things such as the Great Depression and two world wars. Those killed a lot. Of companies, mm-hmm. um, but the Lehman Brothers did. They survived all of that. Um, over a hundred and like twenty, like what is a hundred and fifty years of business or something like that. They, wow, they stuck around for a long time. Um, it's as long as a tortoise lives. You're right. It's kind of crazy. You're right. Uh, did, what a great unit of business. <laughs> How long has this business been around? Oh, this is about one tortoise. One tortoise. Yeah, about one tortoise. How long ago did Jesus live? I don't know. What was it, like 100 tortoises? 100 tortoises ago? 100 tortoises ago. More than that. (laughs) I think it's double that. I think it's 300 tortoises ago. 
No, it's been 2000. We're not doing the tortoise math, all right? I want to do tortoise math. So despite the setbacks of the economy, the Lehman Brothers stood staunch against downfall. That is until they decided to focus a large part of their business into the mortgage market. Now, there's going to be a lot of technical terms in this next one. So, Nina, I want you to do your due diligence. And if you don't understand something, ask me. All right, so this episode is going to be four hours long. Because Nina's going to be... <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know anything about this. She's like, the firm? She's like, what's a firm? I don't... Hey, Kishan, It's like, oh, well, it, it's me? a corporation. It's like an LLC. What's an LLC? Well, it's a limited liability company. It's a... What's a liability? <laughs> Can you explain the liability? Right, you kid. Um, what's that? Hey, um... What's hey, that? What's that? Why? What's that? Why? 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 Oh, my God. So, yeah, like I said, there's going to be a lot. I did, oh, my God, I beat my head against a wall today going down the rabbit hole of many, many, many articles about mortgage investing in the housing market in the early to mid-2000s. Yep. So let's get let's in. Let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Uh, in the early 2000s, the firm was one of the first to move uh, a large part of their business into the blossoming market of mortgage-backed securities. Now, that one I'm going to describe in a little bit, so you okay. can hold off. Okay. Uh, the housing market was booming. Uh, prices for houses were rising as the market became more and more lucrative. And because of that, more and more people started buying homes, anticipating the housing market to continue to grow. Uh, and also in the hopes of you know following the American dream. Owning a house is kind of seen as... If you own a house, like, oh, you made it financially in America. You know, there's that whole thing about, like, oh, you're renting? Ugh, you know? Yeah. Not really, not with our generation, because no one can fucking afford a house anymore. No. It's but, more like, you bought a house? Like, why? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but in the early 2000s, it was like, you know. It was very normal. I will say that, like, most, growing up, almost everybody I knew yeah. owned a home. It's like getting a diamond engagement ring. Like, it's just, like, something you do. Like, yeah, it's expected. Like, companies have duped you into being, like, this is what you do. Like, this is a status symbol that you mm -hmm. own a home, you know. Um, but with more people looking to purchase homes, uh, more people were also looking for mortgages. And in 2003 and 2004, the Lehman Brothers made a big move into the mortgage lending sphere by acquiring five mortgage lenders. Uh, most notably of these were BNC Mortgage and Aurora Loan Services out of Colorado, which specialized in Alt-A loans. So, okay. Are you going to describe what that is? I am. Time All for right, some definitions. I won't ask. Uh, mortgages come in three categories. It's Prime, Alt-A, and Subprime which have a risk calculation in that order. Prime mortgages are given to people who are highly likely to repay the mortgage based on credit and income. So they're they're the lowest risk because you take all their information, they make the most money, um, they have like the most assets, they look like they're going to be able to pay it off. Okay. Then you have subprime, which is people who are the lowest on there. They have the most risk. Um, they look like they might not be able to pay it they might default. They have the highest risk of defaulting based on their income and credit. Got it. And then Alt-A is in the middle. And a lot of the time to entice these subprime home buyers, they offer incentives like $0 down yeah, and low monthly mortgage mm -hmm. payments because they know that they make less money. So in order for them to buy a house, they need to offer them a loan that will work for them. The only problem is that those loans also have a much higher interest rate on them later. Right. Obviously. Yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, something called alternate rate mortgages later. Uh, Can't wait. They also have that. It's like where you can increase the rate, the interest rate, at any time later. So a lot of the times you take Who's a Who's increasing the interest rate? The bank? Yeah. 
That's so, bullshit. So a lot of the times you get a fixed rate right. interest loan, yeah. which is where the interest is always going to be the same for the entirety of the loan. Well, mm-hmm. they were getting people to sign on to a contract where they could change it later to, at their behest. That's bullshit. Basically, whenever they wanted. Yeah, it is. Um, so now, what the heck? Now, now that you know that they're giving all these out and um, they're giving uh, mortgages to people who really don't, like there's a high risk that they won't pay it, you're probably wondering... How does the bank make money off this? Right. Like, do they really give them the loan and then wait for the entire loan to be repaid just to get the interest rate on top as a profit? That would take a long time. And you're right. That's not how they do it. Uh, This is where we get back into something called mortgage-backed securities. Ah. So this started around this time. This wasn't a thing before this. And a mortgage-backed security is a way for people to basically invest in the housing market without just buying a bunch of homes. Like that okay. would how you'd be able to just buy a bunch of real estate you've invested in the right, housing market right. or the real estate market. Uh, in this, a bank gives out the mortgage loan and then the way they make money is to bundle them into a mortgage-backed security or MBS for short that combines multiple loans into a single bundle like a bond. And then they sell these loans at a discount to investors. So they're basically, what? They're basically selling the debt. So, oh. so, so investors will purchase pieces of what is a collection of all of these mortgage loans. Okay. And then as the um, the home buyer pays off the loans, though that money will get split between the investors. Ooh. So it's a way for investors to directly invest in the housing market without actually like pur- purchasing the real estate. Interesting. They're investing in these people's debt, no, uh, hoping that they will pay it off and they will get money from it. I just don't know how people think of this stuff, to be honest with you. Like, I would never, ever be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sell this. Yeah. I mean, neither do I, but they did. Um, and this essentially makes the bank an intermediary between the home buyers and the investment industry. Um, so, woof. That's a lot of techni- <laughs> uh, That's a lot of terminology. And like I said, I beat my head against my fucking desk looking at all this. He did. There was blood, like dripping down his face when I got I'm going to have to go to the hospital after this. He will. Uh, but shout out to Investopedia, which is not a sponsor of the show, but they are a really good asset if you want to learn anything about accounting and business topics. I use them for pretty much every episode I do on corporate scandals because they have extensive pages that describe all of the terminology. Hmm. Um, but if you did want to, like, you know, sponsor us. It reach out. You could. Reach out. We would love to. Um, the only problem was that, was that people started buying so many homes that there weren't a lot of prime mortgage lenders out there anymore. So mortgage companies kept targeting individuals with more and more risk because if they stop giving mortgage loans, they can't put them into these mortgage backed securities anymore and they can't sell those off and make profit on them. Right. Um, the percentage of subprime mortgages skyrocketed. I don't remember the final percentage but it started at like five percent and it grew to like 25 or 30 percent of the market of just mortgages given out in general by all banks that's okay yeah it's stupid and they're, they're gonna find that out um uh, lenders even started giving out something that they dubbed ninja loans which is an acronym it stands for no income no job no asset no problem that is not equal ninja like they no income no job Oh, there's an, it'd be ninja. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's stupid. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, well, there's no. Yeah. So they started Weird. giving like zero down to people who had like nothing just because there were so many houses. Yeah. They were like, sure. Sure. You can have we a need house. someone to buy them. We'll make money no matter what. Um, so as the housing market continued to soar. Lehman Brothers saw great gains from their real estate business as their revenue in the capital markets rose 56% from 2004 to 2006. Wow. And in this time, the firm uh, securitized $146 billion in mortgages in 2006. So they packaged into those mortgage-backed securities $146 billion in loans. (laughs) And just a year later in 2007, they announced a $4.2 billion dollar net income on 19.3 billion dollars in revenue which is crazy 4.2 billion dollars in profit really good um and because of this early in 2007 lehman brothers stock reached its highest point selling for 86 dollars and 16 cents a share giving it a market capitalization of 60 billion dollars oh my god but this turned out i spent that much on groceries? I spent less than that on groceries this week. Yeah, you could buy one share of Lehman Brothers at a tight for that. I spent $83 at Trader Joe's yesterday. And this was also 14 years ago, so purchasing power is also different. So it'd really probably be like 90-something dollars today. Around there, yeah. I could have gotten the good cheese. <laughs> Not craft singles again. Well, I was at Trader Joe's. They don't sell that shit. I don't, I actually, I don't go to a fucking Trader Joe's. Why? They have great stuff. I don't know. So they, I just talked about how they had a market capitalization of $60 billion. But the housing boom was teetering on the brink. What looked like a boom at first was quickly turning into a bubble. And the bubble was about to pop. In 2007, the same year that Lehman Brothers recorded its record high stock price, the default percentage on subprime mortgages, so the amount, the percentage of people who could no longer pay their mortgage, in America also hit a seven-year high. Investors started to worry about how much of Lehman Brothers' business was invested into the subprime mortgage market, but Lehman Brothers turned to their record-high first-quarter profits as a backing that the defaults were going to have little impact on revenues. Hmm. But in August 2007, two huge hedge funds failed, causing a credit crisis in America. The stock market just started to fall in a little bit, and... When that happens, people don't want to give out loans as much because the economy looks like it's taking a dip. So they hold on to all their money. And when they hold on to all their money and it's harder for people to get capital, the economy goes down because people spend less money. Right. Basically. So this credit crisis caused Lehman Brothers to shut down some of its mortgage sector, firing 1,200 mortgage-related employees, shutting down the BNC mortgage completely, and closing the offices of Aurora in three states. But somehow, even though they were already trying to correct for the crash in the subprime mortgage lending market, they still led the way in this department, underwriting more mortgage-backed securities than any other firm that year and accumulating an $85 billion portfolio and soaring its leverage to 31. Now, here's another term I'm going to find. Okay. Leverage is a way to see how much debt a company has used to secure its assets. The higher the number... The more of their stuff was bought with debt and not with money they already had. And 31 is pretty fucking high. <laughs> so, okay. So it's basically just a way, like, to tell, like, if a company has a lot of assets, 
Uh-huh. That could mean that they're doing really well. They're getting a lot of revenue and they're right, using that money right, to buy assets. Right. Or they're borrowing a bunch of money to buy them. And they were borrowing a bunch of money. Exactly. And you, you, do, you don't want a company that has bought all of their stuff on borrowed money because their no, debts are super high. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. So their leverage is 31. Is I don't insane. know much. Insane. I don't know much, but that don't sound like a good idea. Now, woohoo, their leverage. What you say? Gosh dung it. That looks like a bubble about to burst. That looks like a bubble just about pops. <laughs> uh, uh, even after a preferred stock release, a preferred stock release is a stock that has a higher claim to dividends paid by that stock. So it basically, instead of buying like one share of a stock, I see it as buying like 1.32 shares of a stock, which is what it was. It was valued at like 32% higher. Uh, uh, you get 32% higher dividends from that stock. So you get paid back more money by buying the higher stock, the preferred oh, stock. Oh, yeah. Um, so although they did a preferred stock release and it brought in $4 billion in capital, in June 2008, Lehman Brothers posted its first loss ever as a company in a hundred and like fifty years of two point eight billion dollars. That's a huge loss. Now that being said, they had only been public for like like thirty years or something. Okay, but still, in thirty years, they hadn't posted a loss, and this is their first loss, and it was two point eight billion dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah, that's not a small loss. No, that's, that's a, a big old. That's a big old loss. loss. Now. Why did they do this? Well, it's because subprime lenders just could not afford their houses. Right. The housing market was collapsing as more and more houses went up for foreclosure because more and more people defaulted on their loans. Subprime buyers were walking away from their mortgages simply because their debt was higher than what their house was worth. Their house had dropped in value so much that they'd rather just walk away and file for bankruptcy and lose the mortgage. Yeah. On top of it, most of these mortgages were what I mentioned earlier. They were ARM or adjustable rate mortgages. And once again, just as a reminder, that's a mortgage loan where the interest rate can be changed at a later date by the bank. So people were losing their jobs. And on top of that, due to the crisis, many lenders were raising interest rates to get a higher return on their investment that looked like it was slipping out of their fingers, thereby increasing mortgage payments out of nowhere because they really didn't have to, they barely had to let you know. Because you already agreed to it. Well, why would the bank do that? Because they know that people aren't going to be able to pay it. No, see, this is the thing. Banks react way too violently to stuff like this. Yeah. So they just like, they like, they freak out. They go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. We're losing all our money. How do we get more money? This is how we get more money. Do this. Yeah, but if you know people aren't going to be able to pay it, that's just stupid. Well, they can't pay it already. So maybe you can get a little bit more out of them before it all goes away. Assholes. Basically, it is stupid and it was the wrong thing to do, but right. they still... Did it. Yeah, most definitely. The, the, so, I just doesn't make sense. So obviously people were losing their house if because the recession had already started. Mm-hmm. So people are already losing losing their jobs. The economy is already going down. The housing market had been kind of fucked already. Right. And this is going to be the last nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. So people are losing their jobs. There's less money coming to the economy. But now the price of living and owning a house is going even higher. Right. So of course you're forcing a bunch of people out of them. Although the Lehman Brothers tried to pick up the pieces cl- close to the end, they tried. Right. They, they, gave, they gave the preferred stock option. They liquidated more of their assets. Mm-hmm. They tried to get back. They reduced that leverage number from thirty-one to twenty-five. Oh, okay. Even though they already tried to do that, their fate was sealed. Over the next few months, the Lehman Brothers stock price fell massively. Like it was dropping like like seventy-five percent in a day because they released some new information about like. They're defaulting on these loans. These creditors came up and they just felt 75% in a day to the point that it was basically worthless by September. So from February 2007 to September of 2008, they went from being 
valued at almost $90 a share to almost worthless <sighs> just because the housing market completely collapsed underneath them. That's insane. And it was partially their own fault for overextending and taking right. too much risk by signing too many people that could obviously not pay their mortgages just right. so that they could bundle them and sell them off mm-hmm. more. So although there were many attempts at a takeover from other banks – uh, to avoid insolvency because it's better to just buy them at a low price and incorporate them into another bank. Remind the viewers what insolvency is. Insolvency is basically just you say you can't pay your debts. Oh, okay. That's it. I can't pay my debts. We're insolvent. We're filing for insolvency. It's basically bankruptcy, but without the actual title. Bankruptcy I is a legal term. declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Uh, but after the government refused to step in and help anyone who would take them over financially to avoid the economic, like basically the government will do this to avoid the economic fallout of right. a major bank failing, yeah. which is why uh, a lot of other banks around this time got bailed out because they were doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But the Lehman Brothers were just a little bit before that. They were the one that started it all that showed how bad. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It could be if a bank failed. Yeah. So no one came to their aid. And because no one was coming to help subsidize anyone who would take them over... They, had, they couldn't do anything anymore. And in September of 2008, the Lehman Brothers filed for what is still the largest bankruptcy in American history, including $600 billion worth of assets that now had to be liquidated and sold oh off. Oh, my God. And it was a major factor in the almost dismantling of the entire American economy that followed. The housing market literally... I didn't put any of this in, but Uncle Sam had to step in and the National Treasury had to give out, had to buy a lot of these mortgage-backed securities from people because they were almost worthless. Yeah. They had to buy them. They spent, it's they say they spent $700 billion to buy a lot of these assets back, but it's way higher than that. It's just that we don't have any reports that show us the correct number. Well, they don't want you to know. No. And to be fair... It, the housing market has bounced back a little bit. Yeah. So the government has started selling off some of these mortgage back these uh mortgage back securities, mm-hmm. but they still have like so much. They spent right. so much money into them just to get them just to get them off of the bank's hands because they were worthless and they were going to destroy them. Yeah, you know, it's just insane. It's I don't know. It just shows how greedy people are. So literally, the fact that they were giving out all of these subprime mortgages almost ended the American economy. If if if. Uncle Sam didn't step in and like spend Thank a God trillion for Uncle dollars. Sam. You know, then we'd be fucked. It, it would be over, like legitimately. God, imagine if they hadn't done that, where we'd be now. And nowhere. Just America would collapse. They basically had to, right? Holy shit. Could you have imagined? And it's all because of this. Dude, my this grandpa my grandpa would have came here for nothing. Yeah. I mean he kinda came here for nothing anyway. Except to make you, Nina, and now we make this great podcast. Wow! Because my because of <laughs> World War Two is the reason that this podcast happened. Yeah, both of our family members came over here because of World War Two. Yeah, my grandpa <laughs> immigrated here because Germany became nothing, and now we have a podcast because of it. The Thanks, bu- Hitler. The bu- okay, no, <laughs> okay, no. We're I'm not just joking. Doing that. I would rather there not have been a horrible genocide. Uh, <laughs> 
Thank you, Nina. What a hot take. Um, I was joking. Uh, we know you're joking. I just want, well, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> I don't, too, I don't like Hitler. Late. Um, don't like Hitler. You've already been pre canceled. Um, so uh, I'm actually going to switch up the order of this next one that I put because I think it's better because we just talked about how the economy almost collapsed and they bailed out other banks. And I mentioned that they're all doing this, but by doing this, what did I mean? And the Lehman brothers uh, were committing widespread mortgage fraud, as was every other bank at the time, because loan uh, officers who worked um, for them, and we have this firsthand from people who worked at BNC, the subsidiary of the Lehman brothers, they found that loan officers were falsifying W-2s and other records in order to get more people approved for loans. What? So, basically what happens... Dude, they deserved it. Like, if you're... And the, Sorry. And this is a lot like Wells Fargo where they put a lot of quotas on people. Yeah. And also, people got greedy and there wasn't enough corporate oversight to make sure that this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But what happens is a loan officer will get an application for a mortgage, for a loan. They look at it make sure that everything's all right, make sure that they are applying for a house or for a loan uh, in an amount that they could reasonably get. And then they send that information off to someone called an underwriter. And an underwriter takes all of it and verifies that they're not lying. So they look at it and say, okay, no, this person's right. The income they've put on here is correct. I think they're okay for the loan. They approve them for the loan and then that's that. Right. But what they were doing is these loan officers we're sending them to the underwriters, and one of the underwriters at BNC was looking at these W-2s from two from the same broker, but two different people, and noticed that the W-2s were literally identical, mm-hmm. except for the names, the social security numbers, and the um, the the business name. But they forgot to change the employer ID number. So the employer the employer ID numbers were the same, but the oh! business was different. Oh, you idiot. And she looked at all five of the loan applications she had on her desk. They were all the same W-2. Bruh. And this was one underwriter who said this. And BNC was doing this like everywhere. So the underwriter found these falsified W-2s. And she blew the whistle on them. She called someone at corporate and was like, hey... She, she told her regional manager, and then the regional manager got in touch with corporate, and then the regional manager received an email that she wasn't supposed to get, which basically told the companies to just ignore it. Was she the assistant to the regional manager? Oh, my God. Good office reference. Thank the you. office reference. Sorry. And they weren't just falsifying W-2s. At one point, that same underwriter found an application from a man who worked at KFC and was claiming to make $7,000 a month in salary. What did he do at KFC? Who was he fucking at KFC? She personally drove to the KFC and <laughs> asked to speak to the general manager and asked to apply for the job that was paying $7,000 a month. And he was like, yeah, I don't even make that much. Yeah, right? <laughs> $7,000 a month? That's a lot of money. Yeah, it was a lie. So at Well, fa- yeah, obviously. So at face value, these loan officers were lying because here's the thing. I if, would love to make $7,000 a month. If they don't care if someone defaults on the loan mm-hmm. because they get paid immediately. You get paid a commission on the sale. And even at the higher, the Lehman Brothers, they don't care either because when they bundle those mortgage-backed securities, they're no longer responsible for if people default on those loans. Jesus Christ. They, they sell them at a discount, don't get me wrong, like to someone else. So they get it for not at face value of what the debt is. They buy it at a much cheaper value, mm-hmm. but they take all the risk out of it. 
So they give them the money, sell it off. There's a little bit of a loss, but they make profit immediately, and they just keep going. And they make it. They make a commission on it too. So they don't really care. They just want to sell as many loans as possible because they make money no matter what, and they know they're just going to get rid of it, which is why they didn't care. That's and why, so... And why, and why it came down from corporate that you, they should just let these people keep doing it. And here's the fucked up thing. Those employees that blew the whistle, of which there were multiple, including the VP of Finance at Lehman Brothers, like contacted the SEC, and a lawyer who was there contacted the SEC. Um, they were harassed, fired. Um, they they hired someone at that uh, BNC firm where all of that first stuff happened. Mm-hmm. That was like he sexually harassed the two, the underwriter and the loan officer. After? After all that, they, hi- they hired He's him. He's like, you he, got he, sexy he, now. He threatened, well, they hired him after they blew the whistle. And they basically hired him to come in. He had no official title, and he just oh. came in to harass them, basically. What the fuck? They wanted them to quit without them firing them. So he harassed them. At one point, he shook hands with that regional manager who blew the whistle and, like, leaned in and whispered in her ear, like, I know everything about you. I know where your kids live. I own you. Toxic. And he was sent straight from corporate. So I'm pretty sure they did it on purpose. And they were... Bla- oh, absolutely. They were also blacklisted from the industry. They couldn't get jobs at other mortgage uh, lenders. And even the ones that could, they actually ended up leaving those as well because they realized that no matter where they went... Yeah, people they were, were they all the same doing thing. the exact same thing. So literally, like, all of America got together to do this big scam that then almost killed the American economy. And then to get back to Lehman Brothers specifically, um, although the way that they uh, took this risk was very ill-advised, technically there's nothing illegal about them signing a lot of subprime loans. It's just stupid. Right. They can do whatever they want. They can lend as much as they want, but it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, B- but they did do some illegal stuff as well because that lawyer I mentioned earlier who blew the whistle, what he was reporting is that the CEO of the Lehman Brothers who hilariously is named dick fold <laughs> dick fold you can't name your kid that well his name's richard fold he chose to go by dick um uh i feel like he was like a shitty junior high student and was like you know it'd be funny if i went by dick fold. Like, and then dick it's fold then it's stuck everyone called him dick fold that's hilarious he also looks like a sad man, like all CEOs do, but that's fine. Well, it's because they've um, given their life to their work. It turns out that Dick Fold and all of the other executives were overpaying themselves by hundreds of millions of dollars of stock options through a loophole where they didn't have to report them to stockholders. Yeah. So he looks like a piece of shit. Oh, he is. He's okay. pretty shitty. Um, but even after the SEC caught the loophole, I didn't mm-hmm. get actually in the minutiae of this one, so I don't know what the loophole was, but That's whatever. That's fine. Um, even after the SEC found the loophole and closed it, and they were supposed to report this, that um, lawyer who contacted the SEC first being like, hey, they're hiding a lot of their payments to their execs. You should look into it. He was like, oh, man, you know, now they have to report it, and there's going to be like hundreds of millions of dollars of payments that are just going to come out of nowhere and they're going to get in big trouble for it. So he looked at their public balance sheet the next time they came out and guess what wasn't there? All of those payments still. So now they've definitely broken the law. They didn't report all of this excess payment to their executives because they thought the executives knew that if the shareholders found out how much they were making, they'd be yeah. like, why the fuck are you making that much? Right, exactly. So now they broke the law. They didn't, they didn't um, report it. So that's definitely 
an illegal thing they did. You're not allowed to do that. And then the largest of all the problems came from something called Repo 105. Now, Repo 105 is a creative accounting technique where a short-term repurchase agreement is classified as a sale. And then the money from this sale pays down your debts, making your company seem more profitable. So I'll I'll get into how exactly Lehman Brothers uh, use this. Lehman Brothers use this days before they had to release a quarterly report balance sheet, and they would need to report all of their numbers. And they would sell, in quotation marks, some of their assets to a UK subsidiary that they owned one-fourth of, but not all of. So it's technically not part of their company. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the board of directors were former Lehman employees. And like I said, they owned a fourth of it. And they were they would agree to purchase it back at a later date at the same price. Uh, but the sale made their total debts reduced on their quarterly balance sheet. So they got that money off of their balance sheet before they had to report it to, to uh, shareholders. And then... A few days after that, they would just buy it back. So basically, what? so basically, you would sell fifty million dollars of your assets to a company you technically own. Okay, and you'd say, "Hey, we'll buy this back soon." Okay, and then when you produce your quarterly report, you have fifty million dollars extra in sales, which brings uh, your which brings your debt down by fifty million dollars because you have an extra fifty million because you sales. sold it, and even a, though you said, "I'm going to buy it back." Exactly. And then a few days after, you buy it back at the same price, and that $50 million in debt all comes back. Oh, okay. So so they were basically doing that to fictitiously increase their profits. These bastards. Which is definitely securities fraud. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely market manipulation. And we've actually talked about this before with Enron. When they bought those barges, you remember that? Yes. They bought like three oil barges that they had no reason in buying. Yes. And then they just sold them back. Yes. They were on the flip side of this. They would be like the company that did this where they they were like, yeah, we'll take them for a little bit and then sell them back to them for the exact same price just so that they could get some money off their books before their report was due. Now, uh, this specifically got their auditors in hot water as well. And guess who their auditors were, Nina? I don't know, Kashan. Tell me. None other than Ernst and Young, the same, oh. the exact same auditors who were inept enough, also in quotation marks, uh, to not have seen all of Wirecard's bullshit that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Idiots. So uh, what it's getting to me is that Ernst and Young has really developed a reputation, at of, least on this show, of not seeing shit. Some very obvious accounting frauds from the companies that they audit. Yeah. So they batted their jobs is what I'm saying. Yeah. Y- y'all need a new job. Y- you had one job. One job. And you didn't do it. Now, uh, because of these, Dick Fould was called to give testimony in front of Congress and he was subpoenaed by New York and the Department of Justice was looking into the malpractices of the Lehman Brothers on a federal level. However, this is the really shitty part of this episode because miraculously a short time after Donald Trump who spent most of his life in the real estate business, by the way, buying and selling real estate was elected. The department of justice miraculously dropped their investigation into the Lehman brothers. Are we shocked at all? So I'm not shocked. So this one, I'm sorry guys, doesn't have a happy ending because although there's, so much evidence that these companies who literally brought our entire economy, who hurt so many people, there's so much evidence that they did this knowingly, 
and fraudulently, no criminal charges have been brought against Dick Fold or any executive who led America to the brink of destruction due to the 2008 recession. None of them got in trouble. Not one executive involved in the housing bubble got arrested. Not one. No charges were ever even filed, so no one was even found innocent to this day. And it's been it's been 13 years, so... It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's getting a little up, especially when the Department of Justice is dropping their investigations against them. And I have nothing... I like came and there's nothing to say. Yeah. It's bullshit. And to surmise, nowadays it is harder than ever to buy a house for people who want to, due largely in part to every bank in the early 2000s neglecting the obvious long-term risks of subprime mortgage loans and crashing the housing market in the process. The American dream, although probably a myth in its entirety, we can talk about this some other time, was made harder because Wall Street got a little too greedy, as they always do. Not only did 25,000 employees lose their jobs at Lehman Brothers, but due to the collapse of the American economy that came shortly after, who knows how many lives were ruined. People could no longer afford their houses, their cars, even their children, or food. All the while, Dick Fold and every other executive gets off scot-free. Dick Fold still owns four very large estates and started another holdings company. The rich get richer and America suffers. <sighs> Fuck that guy. Fuck Dick Fold. Your name is correct. <laughs> He's way older than I thought he was. He looks old. I don't know how old he is. 75. Mm. Mm. Well, those pictures are a lot of him from 2008. So. Dude, I hate this guy. You're 62. He might be my new least favorite. So, here he is. Also, he had a, uh, he had this like video like speech that he sent out to everyone in the company where he talks about, he was like, he says, and I think this is almost a direct quote, I'm a nice guy. All I want to do is rip out their heart and eat it while they're still alive. Yeah, real nice dick. Yeah. Um. And that's him talking about, like, if someone wants to step in your way, that's what you do to them. Nice. Push them to the side. Someone doesn't believe, it, like, in your mission that you can't do it, kill them. Get them out of the way. Fuck them. Who cares? And that's, we've touched on it a lot of times. That's the fucking corporate lifestyle, man. That's what, it, when we talk about Enron and execs being like, if I could step on someone's neck to get my numbers higher right before I go into a meeting, I would fucking do it. It's that same kind of thing. And it ruins people because if you get too greedy and you overextend too much, it can have some big lasting impacts, not only on you and your company, but literally not even just America. This was an international company. Right. 50% of their profits came from not in America. Right. Those all had to be sold off. Um, that 2008 recession affected not only America, but oh, it the, affected the whole world. The entire world. Yeah. And that was all started. Because of this bullshit. Dude, I cannot believe the Department of Justice dropped this. Me either. But here we are. That's lunacy. Like, that's just lunacy. And that was another thing that, I mean, I didn't touch on a lot. But a big problem with these is that the SEC is a governmental body. So whenever there's a new president elected, all of the top officials, the directors and everything, they all get switched out. They're like cabinet members. So when 
Barack Obama, although I think he was a good president, became president, and he assigned um, a bunch of new leaders in the SEC. He assigned a guy to be the director of enforcement, which is the person in the SEC who's in charge of all of their investigations. He was a big lawyer from Deutsche Bank. And Deutsche Bank was, one, one of the largest players in the mortgage fraud that happened in the mid-2000s and was in direct dealings a lot of the time with the Lehman Brothers. So he was sympathetic to their cause right as it was happening. So there's a lot of politics in it that probably shouldn't be in there. Um, I would definitely motion to make the SEC not by appointment. No. I don't think the president should be able to switch them out every single time. I think it should be someone that works there pretty much for their whole life. Mm -hmm. And that would keep a lot of this from happening. So that's just my soapbox that I got on for a little bit. And one of the things that I thought about while researching this, because it pissed me off. (laughs) I didn't realize that until just now. Neither did I. I didn't know that before doing the research for this. So that's really frustrating. Yeah. But uh, somber again, like useful at the end of these because they're never happy subjects. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. You're probably wondering what that little surprise surprise? was. And that surprise is, hey, guess what? We made it, everybody. We have merch. merch. We got the merch. We are partnering with uh, T Public. And uh, we have a store over on TeePublic, tpublic.com slash user slash white dash collars dash red dash hands, um, which we will uh, put Write that down. We will put in the show description the link uh, to that site where you can uh, buy some of our merch. Please, it's an easy way to support us. You get something cool in the process. We have coffee mugs. We have face masks. We, we have, have t-shirts. t-shirts. We have, we have hoodies. hoodies, which I'm definitely going to get one of those. We have... Is there anything else? Oh, there's a bunch, man. There's we have phone cases, buttons. laptop we cases. We have laptop cases. Yeah, buttons. We have phone cases. Pillows. Do we, we say got, pillows? No, we have pillows. You can dream about us at night you can, on your white collars, red hands you pillow. You can bite onto your white collars, red hands pillow. Why would they be biting under their pillow? Wow, I made the energy really uncomfy there yeah, for a sec, huh? Yeah, you did. You can make out with your white collar shred hands pillow and pretend it's me and Kashan. You can, but to be fair, I'm the only one on there, and you only see, like, my beard and mouth, so I guess... Hot. I guess you can do that. Hot. Probably the least sexy part of my face. My eyes are definitely where it's at. I know that for sure. Um... <laughs> Don't, stop looking at me. Well, now I'm trying to decide what's the least sexy part of your face, but I also took my contacts out because they were burning. So huh, Perfect. Um, your whole face looks like kind of a blob. <laughs> cool. Exactly how I want it. Um, thank you so much once again for listening. Uh, our rating has increased on iTunes. Yes. Yes. We just yes, got two new reviews. Yes, it's up to yes, 3.3. Yes, I haven't even yes, told nine of them yes, so right now, yes, um, yes. but it could get higher. So if you want to support the show, an easy and free way to do it is by leaving a review on iTunes. 80% of you are analytics show are listening through Apple Podcasts right now. So go on there, leave us a review. We love a five-star review. But, you know, you just go on there, put some honest stuff. We'll read it. Don't be too mean. Uh, but we'll Please. take we'll take anything as long as we're getting feedback from the community. You can follow our socials where we post about uh, every week's show. Uh, I might post something funny on Twitter. I have a I have a quip every now and again, uh, and that's at White Collars Pod or our Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash white collars red hands. 
Our Instagram at whitecollars underscore redhands. Uh, you can support the show directly by going to our website and listening on there at whitecollarsredhands.com. Um, you can also, if you have a suggestion, once again, next week's episode is a fan-submitted episode. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. We're getting more and more of those. If you want to submit a topic to us that you think is interesting that you want us to cover, you can send that to whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Um, and I think that's all I have. Is that all you have, Nina? I have nothing else. All right. That's it for this week. And we'll see you next week on another episode of White Collars, Red, Red Hands. Hands.